We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. Welcome to the Big Cat Chat, a podcast all about the Penrith Panthers. My name is Jack Martin and I'm joined by my co-host Nat Sinclair. How are you, Nat? Hello. I'm good. How are you, Jack? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You've uh, you've recovered like Dylan Edwards in order to get to a grand final. <laughs> I know. We are both equally her- heroic. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. Um, so, yeah, it was disappointing to not be able to talk about that lovely game that happened a few weeks ago <laughs> last week but I'm glad to be back on board and you know ready to go well I'm looking forward to seeing you do 208 meters tonight that'll be good it's expected isn't it yeah. <laughs> after the great one himself is that how many meters he actually did because I've seen it said 200 meters then I've seen like 230 in other places it was and definitely looked, started with a two, which is insane. Yeah, I've looked at a few sources and it's always been different. So I've actually usually just gone with the higher one because it looks more impressive. It fits your narrative. That's what you yeah, always exactly. do. You know, and when exactly. it comes to Dylan, we are always expanding the narrative and pushing it as hard as we can. So we need every meter we can get. Yeah, you just wait till origin time, people. He'll be he'll be in our squads. <laughs> oh, he will be. Yeah. <laughs> we wish. <laughs> Now, I had a very special package arrive in the mail yesterday. It is my Big T's tea with the Mitch Kenny picture on it from our Big Cat Chat logo. And I've got to say, it's actually a very, very comfortable T-shirt. I've already had we to wash to get, it. You need to get a photo up in it. That's what we're thinking. I, need, I need to get a photo up. I need to get Victoria to do her little photography Work skills. Work her magic. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, I'll have to get James to do the same thing once I get mine. Yeah, they're, they're so comfortable. I started falling asleep in it last night. And then today I had to heaven. wash it because I wanted to wear it again. Yeah, <laughs> love I that. Like, no, I just don't want to take put it, it on so rotation. Nice. Just put it on rotation with the premiership shirt from last year. Just yes. One on the two. Day on, day off, day on, day off. I was counting it earlier and I think I have like seven different like Panthers T-shirts now to go with the like thousand jerseys that I have. So yeah. The t-shirts, are, I used to collect the final series t-shirts. I started back in, I think, when it was a bit of a novelty, um, I think 2014 when we hadn't made the finals for yeah. like six years. I was like, I'm getting one of these every year. Um, and then it kind of trailed off a little bit. Um, I got one in 2020, not last year though, actually. But um, yeah, you initially think you're going to get one every year and then um, it kind of trails off a bit. But they're good to have. They're nice little mementos. Well, I have, um, I still have my 2003 Premier's T-shirt and I also have the one that my mum got when that happened and I wear my mum's one now because I don't fit in the T-shirt that I got when I was six. Um, and I actually got some advice off our upcoming special guest, Ella, last uh, in 2020 when we were making the grand final because I wanted some good omens off her because mainly yeah. make more grand finals than Penrith. 
about things I mean, to do and things not to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throughout the course of time, they've made a few more grand finals. Uh, I think they've won a grand final in every decade since the 70s. So uh. but they've not been in the past two, so we win out on that one. Yeah, exactly. It's been 10 years now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I was getting some advice off her, and one thing that she said that she does for good luck is she doesn't buy the grand final T-shirt. She waits until they win it and then buys the Premier's oh T-shirt. God. And so I... Without a doubt. Yeah, I refused to get the grand final T-shirt and then we lost. And I got home from the grand final and I saw my mum, who was also at the game but in a different section of the stadium. And uh, her best friend bought the two of them grand final T-shirts. And I was like, I was like, Mom, I don't want to blame you for the loss. And it's entirely um, your fault. Yeah, it's yeah, like realistically, it's probably more like Tyra and May's fault. But <laughs> look, so, we can always blame him for many other things. This one's yeah, definitely your mom. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, this year, I think I'll, with those, you know, it's like if you buy the thing and then you lose, like we experienced in 2020. Every time you open your closet or look at it, you're reminded of it and it just feels yeah. stupid. Whereas if you just wait and, you know, like I don't need to have a memento of 2020, but, you know, you just wait and you get the winner and I think it's just worth a lot more than the grand final shirt. So I definitely think Ella is very wise and correct in that decision. Oh, yeah. I have also been blaming her for the loss because she um, said she was going to use uh, crystals to help manifest it for us and we lost. So I have also <laughs> said it's her fault. Um, I just, that grand Bloody final crystal. messed me up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, same. <laughs> yeah, last, year, last year I ended up saying to my mom, I was like, I was like, do not get a grand final T-shirt. Wait until we win it. And then when we and did, did she win wait? it. Yeah, she waited until we won it. And so she's got Beautiful. that Premier's T-shirt where it's like the trophy design. Um, Gorgeous, yeah. But she also accidentally bought a bootleg one. And it's oh. the funniest T-shirt I've ever seen because there's something like four players on the T-shirt who didn't even play in the grand final. One of them is Josh Mansell. Well. I think you need to, yeah. oh, no, that hurts. Be yeah, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I love really Josh Mansell. I love Josh Mansell, but he was like, a player for the other team like he was injured but he was at the other club <laughs> yeah no we don't need to rub salt into that wound. no no but the best part about it was front and center wasn't I'm pretty sure it was like there was no Nathan Cleary or Isaiah Yo in the front row at the center but it was Mitch Kenny <laughs> you sure like, it wasn't ours <laughs> yeah I know I was, I was like has someone seen our propaganda online and decided to make a t-shirt I mean, was it Mitch Kenny himself? That's what I think we need to get to the bottom of this. Was it him creating these T-shirts? I, I mean, respect it was. if so, full respect. Full yeah, respect it had to have so been. Much. He came up with that idea after a few cruises, I reckon. I think so. I mean, that's the only <laughs> logical explanation. <laughs> so, yeah, if anybody wants to purchase one of Big T's T's, he has them in a number of you know, designs and colours for a bunch of different rugby league players. He has a few basketball players, I believe. Uh, I helped him with a Josh Giddy design one um, where he was just asking for my feedback, um, but I'll take all credit if people like it. Um, I'll post the links up on our social pages and yeah, I'll get up a photo with it and then we'll get you to do the same when yours arrives. For sure. Yeah, I'm keen as, keen as that. Sweet. It's your way with the premiership. Okay, on to some news that has happened since the last time we recorded. Um, 
I was just going to go in chronological order. We have the upgrading of the contract of Sonny Luke. Now he was, yeah, has to be. Now he was, he's been knocking around for a while in the New South Wales cup scene. He was in our, I believe he was in our under twenties team that won the grand final in 2015. He's Mm -hmm. 26 at the moment. So he's really worked to. Wow. He's kind of knocking on. Yeah. I was going to say. He um he played for Penrith New South Wales Cup team in 2017 and 18, but that was around the time that we had uh, players who were also playing first grade playing for that team, like Wade yeah. Egan and Sione mm-hmm. Katoa and oh, what was his name? Mitch Rain. Um, yeah, oh, I remember those days, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he, So in 2019, he moved to the Magpies New South Wales Cup team and then was back at Penrith in 2021 where... I believe he was mainly playing, uh, I believe it's Ron Massey Cup for St. Mary's. And then whenever Mitch Kenny would play first grade, Kurt Falls would move off the bench to start at hooker and Sonny Luke would come onto the bench. Mm-hmm. And with the, Kurt Falls has since moved to Parramatta. So we just needed an extra hooker in the team because our only first grade hookers aside from Sonny Luke are Abby Corusau and Mitch Kenny. And yeah, who knows? Appy is due for an injury or a suspension these days. So it's mm. yeah, it's just a smart move to fill up the squad. Plus, I believe we only had twenty eight players in our first grade squad, and I think you need twenty nine yeah. at the start of the season, which then goes up to thirty yeah. by the deadline. It's just a just a smart signing for us. In that it was always going to be someone at the club getting an upgrade, and it's a position that we were probably lacking a bit of depth in, and yeah for him to still be going at this age, given that he hasn't played NRL yet, I believe uh, it just shows that he must have the right attitude to just keep going and everything. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not mad about that. Um, we might even see him play some first grade at some point this year, given the COVID situation. Yeah. I think it's like, as you said, to be kind of sticking it out for that long is really impressive because it would be super disheartening. But I think we've seen a little bit more so now than we maybe we did um, a couple of years ago. Are these players who are debuting a little bit later and actually making a really good name for themselves? You look at Cody Walker and he's a prime example of that, um, where he debuted quite late and ended up being, you know, probably South Sydney's best player at the moment. And it's just, yeah, you know, I think it's it's nice that they don't give up on that dream and then go from there. Yeah, whether or not he actually sees some first grade time, I think will be down to injuries. But I'm looking forward to seeing if that happens. Um, and, you know, I trust the the way the club picks these players and I trust who they put in their top 30. So um, I think that it's only a good thing to see him upgrade to that contract. Yeah, it's a really good point you make there, actually, about the way that we are seeing players debut a little later. I think... As much as the under-20s national competition was great, I think the fact that it was televised created this perception that it was the like the second-tier competition and that if you yeah. hadn't made it by 20 years old, you weren't going to make it, which just isn't true. Yeah. No, and it so- certainly feels that way sometimes, which would be a bit tough on the players. Um, mm. And even if you're, you know, we've seen players, you'll be at Cape Wells and even like Scott Sorensen and players like that, sometimes you can journey men away around a little bit and kind of find your feet at different teams, not quite get there. Look at Paul Momorowski as well. And then really flourish later on in your career. 
So I think it's not so much um, a matter of these days is getting them when they're teenagers and unless you explode onto the scene, then it's over for you. Um, it seems to be more of a trend on leaning towards um, the kind of the birth of careers a little bit later on. And with COVID this year, we might even see that happening more, which again is only a good thing for these players that have kind of toiled it out a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting the way that with this COVID situation, we probably will see more of this. And I don't think you'll find anyone who thinks it's a bad thing. These players maybe sometimes debuting a little later because they've really earned it. Not everyone's going to be a Nathan Cleary. And, it, you know, we might see some players come through and prove that they're a genuine star and they just needed that opportunity, but for one reason or another haven't gotten it before. Yeah, exactly right. And I think in terms of maturity as well, I mean, sometimes it's not the best thing for the players as people to debut and explode on the scene at such a young age. Um, and potentially if they're a little bit um, older, they've really earned it. Not that anyone doesn't earn it when they're um, debuting young, but they really have worked for it and experienced rejection before getting to that point. It's probably only a good thing in terms of culture as well, because, you know, you might find the ego thing that might explode at such a young age may not happen later on. Um, and if we can have a few heads like that around the uh, our club, I'm more than happy to have that. Yeah, it could, it could give a little humility to the players and also send a message to other players in the extended squads and in the Cup and the Ron Massey Cup teams that, you know, the dream's never over. Like, um, Matt Eisenhuth's brother, Tom, he played one game for us yeah. in 2013. And then I think he had to yeah. wait like six years before he got his next game, which was at Melbourne Storm. And now he's part of that team. And you've got to be, you know, as much as they get the best out of players, you've still got to be a good player for Craig Bellamy to want you. Oh, totally. And you just see that's a prime example of someone who it wasn't going to happen for him at Penrith, but it is happening for him down there. Um, and I'm really all for that. And I don't want to harp on about what we spoke about last episode in respect to letting players go. But that's another example of um, it's sometimes about your environment. And I was just talking to my sister earlier. It's not Penrith related, but um, like Luke Brooks, for example, could find himself actually prospering somewhere else. So I kind of hope that happens eventually. Um, because, yeah, sometimes it's all about timing, circumstances, players around you. Um, and that can really be anything these days. Yeah, I think the best thing for someone like Brooksy could be that Jackson Hastings plays great and then yeah. Adam Dwayne comes back into the team and kills it at six and that Brooks has to find somewhere else because as much as he has struggled, he is a genuine seven and not many teams yeah. actually have a genuine seven. And so yep. a change of scenery could probably do in the world of good and probably will do in the world of good because there's so much pressure on him and it grows every year. There's that same article every year about Brooks is ready to be unleashed to the same way that there's an article every year about Parramatta's going to break their premiership drought. And yeah. it's it just provides an opportunity for people to laugh at. Oh, so, I know. And it's just like, why are you trying the same thing over and over again? Why aren't you trying something elsewhere? You know, obviously you've got the financial stability and that kind of thing if the club is continuing, continually offering you good money to stay. But I do think there are so many examples in the NRL of the right player at the wrong team. Um, and as much as that can kind of get um, switched around to help those players prosper, the better. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, hopefully 
Sonny Luke is the right player at the right team. And if he gets an opportunity, I'm sure he'll do great. He's clearly got the right attitude for it. And, you know, yeah, maybe we'll see the second coming of the great Mitch Kenny. I mean, if that's possible. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's too much pressure to put on someone. It's way too tough. You can't <laughs> say the next next Mitch Kenny is too much. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so in other news, we have also announced a new sponsorship with KFC. So... I noticed them on the back of our playing shorts in the trial against Cronulla and um, I was waiting for us to announce it. And when they did announce it, they didn't let us down, did they, with that amazing ad that they've done with it? No, it was so good. I love anything involving fish because he's just funny just to look at. Like, not in a bad way. But, <laughs> like, he's so I wouldn't say that to him. He's so serious and he's such a menacing character. And I just find him so funny. Like the ad and like him holding his little baby. I just find it funny. So (laughs) I think using him was really smart because he's just like this menacing character. And in reality, if that actually happened, like it was shown on the ad, I'm sure no one would dare say anything to him. But it was just really funny and I love. I love the way they did it. Um, And yeah, love that they're our sponsor because I love KFC. KFC is fantastic. So combining that with Penrith is just like a double W. Yeah, well, with the ad itself, like it's quite funny when I think you do sometimes see athletes involved in endorsements and stuff like that and they might have to do a commercial or whatever. And you always see that they're not actors. There's a reason that they do Mm. something else and get paid well for it for a living. So if they can make it funny like that, people will remember it and people will think fondly of it. And it just worked. And you're right. Like in reality, no one would say anything to fish. If I was standing next to James Fisher Harris in an elevator and he let out the worst fart of all time, I would just have to sit there and be like, all right, you do you champ. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not calling him up on anything. I think no, even in that shot, not. even in that shot, you know, maybe Leota or Martin would be the only ones who would. Not a chance Crichton yeah. or Tago would say something to him. No, God, no. Yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, it's, it, it was a great ad and I'm super excited about his partnership. Yeah, okay, same. It'll, it'll actually <laughs> be very interesting if there's something to do with the KFC that is on the Panthers' premises. Yeah. Because I feel like that kind of gets forgotten about on game day. Everyone kind of just goes to the McDonald's. Yeah. Whereas the KFC is kind of in the corner. It reigns supreme. It's better than Mac is. You've got to say. I mean, this could take up a whole podcast if we start talking about this. Yeah, this this would be a debate. Yeah, I just think we should just have a very quick, quick mention that KFC is probably better than Mac is on the whole. (laughs) Yeah, I tend to pick these, um, my rankings on these places based on how good their chips are. And so KFC is above McDonald's for me. Um, That being said, McDonald's, if you want to sponsor us, then, you know, we will happily denounce KFC and take some of your sweet golden arches money. We will definitely sell out if necessary. Yes. That goes out to anyone listening. We will sell out. Um, Whatever you want, we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now for some slightly less amazing news. Uh, The... Yeah, the news that no one wanted to hear, but we were all kind of expecting. Nathan Cleary will not be fit to start the season with that off-season surgery. And in fact, he might 
miss at least three weeks. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Very sad times. Um, I found out, like I think we'll probably talk about it later, but I found out trial performance alarming to say the least. And I know that you don't really take much. You take trials with a game grain of salt. But the lack of direction in attack and control over the park without Nathan there was a bit horrifying. Um, and we don't have Matt Burton anymore to try, you know, kind of step up. And whereas Matt wasn't a Nathan, he was still able to really help us when the boys were out for Origin last year. So having that gap there, well, you know, I think Sean O'Sullivan really was quite fine in the trials. It's not quite the same. So I'm not pleased. However, if this means that we're going to have Nathan for the, net, the you know, the rest of the 22 weeks of the season, you'll take that all day rather than rushing him back to play a few games at the beginning of the season, him hurting his shoulder again, needing further surgery, worst case scenario, and he's gone the whole time and we're absolutely screwed. So I think it's definitely the right move from the club not rushing him back. If anything, it's probably going to be good practice for the boys to do it without him because we can't become a one-man team we have to make sure that it's not going to go to the pack once he's gone. So it's going to be a good test. I'm a bit concerned we're going to lose to Manly. That doesn't make me happy because I really don't like Manly, which we'll discuss later. But, you know, it might be a little sacrifice for the good of the rest of the season. And Nathan's health, which, of course, is paramount. Yeah, we don't we don't win the comp in the first three weeks of the season. No. Um like you said, it, it'll be good practice for the boys to get used to not playing with Nathan because the realities of the world that we're living in at the moment, anyone can be ruled out at any time. You know, we might have to go mm. without Ivan for a week and we're lucky that yeah. we have Ciro who has first grade coaching experience. Like I yeah, I heard the Bay 53 boys say on their podcast that for the Knights trial against the Bulldogs, the... Uh, the Knights' assistant coach, Rory Kosh-Jason, was the coach for that game, and Adam O'Brien didn't take part mm-hmm. at all because they wanted the boys mm-hmm. to get used to the idea of, at some point, Adam might not be able to be there. And I mean, so, I think for Newcastle, that's really like they've got other problems. Than that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I, yeah. I get the idea behind it. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're covering all bases, but um, maybe worry yeah. about some other stuff first. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but I think it's a good idea for sure. Yeah, and so it it might be a blessing in disguise if Nathan goes down at some point later in the season. And like you said, Sean O'Sullivan is a fine player and there's a reason we recruited him to play this sort of role. And like you said, if it means that we get Nathan for the next 22 weeks and he's fit for the end of the year, you know, I'd rather us take that precaution because that way this yeah. year it just means that we'll win the grand final by 30 rather than two because we won't have to rely solely on defence. No, exactly right. And I think it's important. You can't be tunnel visioned and be like, we have to win rounds one, two or three. Um, you got to think long-term. I think we kind of thought that in terms of when he came back from his injury last year. I don't think we rushed him back with that one at all. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just a smarter idea because, yeah, as you said, premierships aren't won in 
um, rounds one, two, or three, and it's just something we're going to have to learn to live without him and not use it as a cop-out excuse um, because he's clearly our most important player. He's arguably one of the two best players in the competition, um, but we still need to make sure the rest of the players don't rely on him too much and rest on him too much. So I hope they do stand up, especially come at some of the more senior players and especially someone like Luai. Um, and we'll see how they go on Thursday. Yeah, Luai, Luai definitely goes into his shell a little bit yeah. when Nathan's not there. Yeah. Um, and we do need, need to him. not do that. <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. him to stand up. Like, for instance, totally. something like 100%. the 2020 grand final, Nathan just wasn't on that day, but he kept no. trying. And yeah. that's where we could have used Luai standing up a little bit. Not saying yeah, it would have changed sure. anything, but who knows, it could have. Yeah. And, and we also yeah. need the ball playing and the control in the middle from both Coruscant and Yo will be yeah. so much more important than it already is in these weeks without Nathan, especially, especially if this weather continues how it's been, mm. where Appy won't be able to play his natural game anyway. Mm-mm. Like he couldn't against Parramatta. Yeah. To be honest, he was awful against Parramatta, and Mitch Kenny was genuinely yeah, he was the better player better. because it suited yeah, him sure. more. Yeah, and, and I think it's really important they start learning because, yeah. you know, look at what happened to the Roosters last year. They lost Luke Heary really early on. The whole season was done. He was done. And, like, I know they lost a lot of other players as well, but I think he was the most important one. And I don't want that to be us because I think people criticise teams like Manly all the time, saying if Tommy T is out, they go from top four to the wooden spoon. And I don't want to fall into that trap because it, it is a team. It's not one player. Um, so I think it's going to be a good test and, you know, it might involve a few losses there, but if there's just improvement week to week, that's all I can ask for. Yeah. Like I expect a few extra losses from us this year in general. Anyway, I think yeah, the competition, if you look like at, that. yeah, if you look at the rosters of the competition, I think it's a lot more even in general this year, when you look yeah. at the top four teams really haven't had many gains. It's been all about losses. And yeah. I think that's healthy for the competition. And oh, I still too. think, yeah, I still think longevity means that teams like Penrith and the Storm will still be top four at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, unless we get a Roosters-style injury crisis. Yeah. But, yeah, it's I, I think there are positives to take out of this. And I think that's just what we've got to look at while also you know, not flatly denying the negatives that Nathan Cleary is our best player and over a two-year period has been the best player in the NRL. But we have survived without him and we will continue to. And, like, it kind of, that's what's frustrating, I guess. I see a lot of people saying, oh, well, without Cleary, um, Panthers don't don't even make the top four, blah, blah, blah. When, realistically, if you take the best player out of any team in the competition, their club's not going to make the top four. I mean, you know... Probably not anyway. So I think that there has to be a balance between, yes, he is the best player in the comp and our best player, and without him we're going to be worse, versus completely going to the pack and losing 36-0. There is an in-between, and I just want to see that. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, we might lose one, two, or three of our opening games, but it's not going to be the end of the world. And, yeah, we'll be okay. All right, speaking of that game in which Coruscant didn't shine, 
what did you make of our game against Parramatta? It was terrible. There was no pluses. It was awful. <laughs> um, it's hard to remember because it's been a few weeks, so I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say, oh, you know, like this person was out, this person was out. It was terrible because you had some really experienced players there that should have been better than they were. Um, and it was disappointing. Parramatta looks great, which is a surprise to nobody because I told you all they're going to win the competition. Um, they looked really good. And, you know, I think we spoke before the week before and said we were expecting a small, tight game. And if we won 6-0, that would be fine. And instead, we got a blowout when we were on the wrong side of with 36-0. And that's never okay. Not even in a trial. I don't think losing to nil is okay. So it was really disappointing. But saying that, I hope that they learn from that and they move forward. Um, yeah, <laughs> selection-wise, I don't really know if Ivan learned from that <laughs> based on the team we've got this week. <laughs> but let's see what happens. Yeah, it, it, it really showed that we, to put it as basic as possible, we didn't play to the conditions and Parramatta did. And we didn't adapt and Parramatta did. And whilst there weren't points on the line, it still wasn't an acceptable performance. And I'm just glad that it did come in a trial because you learn more from your losses than your wins, so they say. And so hopefully they've learned a lot from this. And hopefully, I mean, Ivan knows that group of boys better than we do in that he actually Mm. does know them. And so hopefully he knew exactly (laughs) how to address this and whether to rip into them or whether to encourage them because a lot of those tries were very basic and poor defensive reads and attempts, which is not what we're about. We're the number one defense in the league last year and one of the best of all time based on points conceded per game. Yeah, And and that's what was disturbing about it. Yeah, like the fact that a few of their tries were like soft runs through the middle. Like I think there was one where Campbell Gillard just put Makatoa through a hole and the middles just yeah. barely made any contact. The fact that you're, you're giving Campbell Gillard. What? Yeah, yeah, any space is Yeah, himself. he shouldn't have that much space and Makatoa shouldn't be able to burst through a hole like that in the middles. If he was running at an edge, sure, it still wouldn't be nice, but you could understand it. But you can't be conceding points in a manner like that. Not mm-hmm. if you're a first no grade player. It, no matter when. Yeah, no. And not if you're trying like, to make care. a claim for first grade. Yeah, and I don't care if it's a first, like a normal game and you're up by 40. I still don't want to see tries going in like that. It's disappointing. And I think, yeah, I, I've got a bit of PTSD about this because in 2019, we um, were slated to do very well and we lost the trial against Parramatta by a lot. And it was a lot of, it was just a trial, blah, blah, blah. Spoiler alert, we came 10th. And I don't want to see that happen this year. So I've got a bit of like, when it comes to trials because of that. Um, But, you know, I guess we'll know more after this weekend. Yeah, yeah. This weekend will be a, a proper gauge of it. And hopefully we will see that they've learned a few lessons just from that because, yeah, it wasn't great. No, it was terrible. <laughs> we were not happy. <laughs> no. It's a away with the premiership. 
Okay, moving on from that, because we really don't want to talk about that for too long. Um, no. <laughs> the lineups for round one have been named, and Penrith's lineup, there are a few surprises in there. For mine, it's probably Staines and Eisenhower, who are big surprises for me. Um, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, mine are, mine are pretty much exactly the same. Um, I'm not I'm not mad at them in that the players that I'd want to replace them are still in the extended squad and there might be some yeah. rotation. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not I my ideal team. I like Taylor May. Well, I don't know if I like him as a person, but I like him on the field <laughs> and <laughs> to caveat. But I like him and it's like he had one or two games. It was really good and then he kind of just was banished into the oblivion. And I actually think he'd be a good option to throw in there. And I don't understand why he kind of had this like chance and then just stopped. Um, so I was surprised to not see him get a little go. I'm not sold on Staines, although I hope the best for him and I do want him to have a redemption season. Um, I'm not sold on it. He was good in the first trial, bad in the second trial. Another player I'm not sold on is Isaac Targo. Um, I just because of that trial as well. And I don't know how much to gauge off that, but he looked really out of his depth there. Um, so I would like to see Taylor May slot in there, but probably won't be this week. Yeah, I I ideally would like Taylor May to take that spot, even though I love Charlie, mm. just because he's yeah. an actual winger. And yeah, exactly. I think, he's on a fullback trying to be a winger. Yeah, and I think he had limited minutes in our trial match against Parramatta. But I think with that one line break that he made, he showed more than any other winger did that game, including Brian Toto. Mm. And I, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Charlie be playing at fullback in New South Wales Cup, but he hasn't even been named for the New South Wales Cup team. Meanwhile, May and Robert Jennings both have, and Taruva has been named at fullback. So I think yeah. that signals that if everything goes to plan, Charlie will be playing on the wing. And it does, yeah. I, I I really hope he proves us wrong, but I yeah. just don't see him as a winger. And no. I think him playing first grade in wing is detrimental to him compared to playing fullback in New South Wales Cup because he looks he great against the Sharks. Yeah, and last year he already had his confidence completely obliterated. So it's probably not wonderful for him to have that happen again when he returns. And you could see in the trials he was trying so hard. Um, so I don't want him to come in and get squashed again. So we'll have to see how he goes. Um, but I don't know if that's going to be a permanent thing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a change. And, you know, Ivan knows more than us, but... yeah. If, if he does play, I really hope we're wrong, but I think we've, we've seen enough to know what we actually prefer. And yeah. at the moment, I'd rather Taylor out there, despite having yeah, doubts too. about his attitude. Yeah. Um, and yeah I don't understand only- why. I just want to say, why was Ivan so happy to put Tyrone out there every bloody week but doesn't want to put his more talented brother on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ivan, like, uh, please give us something for our suffering. <laughs> Ivan, we love you, but please, please come on and explain that to us. Um, we know yeah. you listen. 
Uh, <laughs> we definitely sing live and or Nathan, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the only other change I would make to the starting 17 would be I would have Jermaine Hopgood in there over Matt Eisenhuth. Same, uh, definitely. I think, I think Eisenhuth obviously brings more experience and he's not exactly a bad player, but I think Hopgood just gives us more. And Hopgood is has, exciting to watch. Yeah, Hopgood, he's faster. I think he's stressful to watch. <laughs> yeah. That's well, yeah, that's, that's the thing is Eisenhuth won't let us down, but Hopgood can bring us even more than that. Yeah. And, yeah, like the bench in particular, you can't be too 100% on it given that benches change all the time. Mm, yeah. But Ivan's clearly a fan of Eisenhuth given – in Eisenhuth's first stint at Penrith, he didn't get a run in first grade and Ivan brought yeah. him to the Tigers and he was the starting lock for a long time there. So there's clearly yeah, something about Eisenhuth. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's clearly something about him that he likes. He's, he's new Tyrone May, but obviously a better yeah. person. I mean, um, love Ivan, but don't trust all his decisions yeah, for a number yeah. of reasons. Um, but, you know, it could be worse. It really could be worse, you know. Um, and this is this is the time to be playing around with the team and seeing what happens. You know, our team last year to start was very different to what we thought it was going to be. Matt Burton wasn't really even going to be considered a every week kind of player and look how it changed. So, you know, yep. you've got to take the first weeks with a, with a grain of salt and just have faith and trust the process. Yeah, you look at every year there will be the round one lineup for Penrith and the round 25 lineup tends to be mm. vastly different in at Everybody. least one position. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's a good thing. It's all about figuring out who's good where um, and it's part of the excitement at the start of the season. So let's just see what happens. Yeah, the start of 2020, uh, Dean Fado was our first choice centre oh, out of everyone. Dean. I know, I loved Dean. I uh, loved Dean so yeah, much. Same. Very nice guy too. He's had to put up with oh, me. Oh, the best guy. Yeah. He's had to deal with me chewing his ear off when I've been drunk at Panthers quite a few times because I've remembered he's a nice guy. And normally I like, the leave best. the players alone because I'm like, ah, whatever. But then I'm like, the poor guy would always get stuck in line next to me. <laughs> and I would just talk but to him. Just, I'm not surprised. I did a few promos like when I was a cheerleader and I think I've told you this before, but he was the best one like the best guy I ever did a promo with um just really talkative lovely down to earth we love Dean in this house yes we are if if this wasn't the Mitch Kenny fan club it would be the Dean Fado fan club DW yeah FC that's Mitch if Kenny. Mitch ever does anything wrong yeah yeah followed by Dylan Edwards <laughs> yes yes if, if you know when Dylan, Dylan Edwards when Dylan Edwards gets a move to the Roosters to replace that guy that they got at fullback, then oh, it'll become, yeah, yeah. Who, who even plays for them? I don't know. Okay, now we have a very special guest on our show for the first time ever. I know what you're thinking. It only took us one episode to get there, but here we are. She is a Manly Seagulls super fan. She is one of the most passionate rugby league fans I've ever had the pleasure of meeting um even though i didn't actually meet her in real life but we'll get to that in a second uh she is very very popular on twitter and instagram she's pretty much an influencer these days her name is ella <laughs> that was an interesting introduction but um I'm well. <laughs> <laughs> me on. 
I'll be honest, I was just waffling for half of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to it waffle. Yeah. So Ella, you, um, I was telling Nat about you are one of my first like in real life Twitter friends, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, back before I was with Victoria, and then when I started seeing Victoria. Ella was the friend who would always message me and try and like get all the inside goss on my love life. Yeah, and I'm you know nosy. I have to know everything about everyone. So <laughs> yeah, and she nosiest person possible, but in like a good way. We love it. Yeah. And oh, I was tell I was telling Nat earlier in the podcast about how you were giving me all the advice leading up to the 2020 grand final and all the superstitions to follow. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately it didn't work out well, but maybe I was just like preparing you for like the year after. Or something. It was just belated. That's all it was. Yeah, it was exactly. just belated exactly. and we needed to experience that and it was all part of the plan. Exactly. And I always do say you kind of have to lose one to win one because that was us yeah. in 2007, 2008. Um, but you know what? I'm I'm happy to like not lose anymore and just go into the winning now. Like I've experienced Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it does get a bit old. <laughs> There's a line. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Now, you are a Manly fan, but I feel like almost to the same level of you being a Manly fan, you are an anti-Melbourne Storm fan. In fact, you had a sign that you made <laughs> when you guys were versing the Melbourne Storm at one point, and then you remade it for the 2020 Grand Final to show your allegiance to Penrith. Yes, I did. So, yeah, when I was 10, that was around the time of the uh, the good old salary cap scandal. Um, and for that mm. Halloween, I went up, I went dressed as a storm killer, whatever that was, <laughs> out of a wooden, that that, it, was like, it was sticks from my neighbor's backyard and I printed off, uh, it was, a, <laughs> I think there was a boat, there was some <laughs> and then it was a storm logo with a big uh cross in the middle and then yeah I thought I had to recreate in 2020 because yeah I was on the I was on the Penrith bandwagon hard for that um that grand final and that was before everyone started to hate Penrith as well so I think there was quite a few people that were on the bandwagon until we Mm -hmm. got really arrogant (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so, I was going to say yeah, my feelings in the 2021 grand final were a little different, but a little different. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's okay. We had you for one of them. Um, you know, we, I'll be honest. I wasn't going for Manly in 2013, but I was going for them whenever they versed Melbourne. So that's all right. Ella, you have recently started working for the NRLW. Yes. Yeah. No, it was a kind of a surprise role that came up. Um, but like the best experience already. I'm what, like we've had two rounds so far um, and I started like a week or two before the season started. Um, but yeah, it's been really awesome being able to be like involved. Like I, I always, I'm watching the games going like, I cannot believe I'm getting paid to to watch mm. footy. Like it's the weirdest concept ever. Um, and working with the girls is just like, it's been like, obviously you, you hear in the stories of their sacrifice and stuff, but I don't think it gets covered as much as it should. Um, in mainstream media as such like you always see on some people who have more involvement with women's sport um, like ladies who league and stuff like you see the articles on there but not as much inside and like at the captain's launch I was talking to Maima Taufa from um, she's the captain of the Eels and just like the commitment that she has to training and to um, uh, because she has like a full-time job as well it's just it's crazy but 
yeah, it's cool to be involved because it's a big season for them. So having the two seasons as well as the World Cup at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, it's been really fun. That's awesome. And I think as well, like, so you are studying law like Mm -hmm. I did. Where Mm -hmm. do you see yourself in the future in terms of um, your career and things like that? Do you want to keep involving the NRL as much as you can? Do you want to try and get into sports law, which is like super niche, but possible? Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, I know it's something that like I literally, because I'm in my final year now, so it's something I'm kind of having to think about a little bit more. And it's such such a hard, I I still don't even know like a clear answer, but Mm -hmm. because I always grew up wanting to be a sports journalist. So my second degree is media. Um, so obviously I could go into that route and stuff, but then all throughout uni, I always thought I'd go into law, but yeah, no, definitely sport law would be something I'd be super interested in. Um, I'm actually doing an internship on top of everything else at the moment with, um, something called Wisdom Collective, um, and they're working with Sports Services Australia and it's a sport law internship and we're doing like a project for, um, female executives in sport. Um, so I was like, yeah, really interested in that sort of thing, um, but then again, like doing this NRLW stuff, like I've kind of rediscovered my love for the sport media side of it as well. Um, yeah, I like, yeah, I have absolutely no idea, but I'm kind of like planning just next year to see like what opportunities kind of pop up um, in yeah. either field. But you know what? Maybe I'll do both because. Exactly. And there's no like prescribed thing you have to do. Like I think a lot of the time people fall into the trap of just doing what their uni degree prescribes because you did that. And Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day, I personally love being a lawyer, but a lot of people don't. And Mm -hmm. they do it because um, of, you know, what it might look like or because of money or because of silly reasons. And I Mm -hmm. think that, yeah, if you are really interested in the sports media and you've got that opportunity, it would be amazing to see you prosper from there as well. So I think everybody is keen to see where you go, Ella. Um, And it's exciting to see you have this role now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's definitely like it was a good mindset to get out of that I just have to do law because I'm studying it. So, yeah, I guess we'll see where this takes me. Maybe we could get uh, you two to start your own podcast one day as sports legal experts where you go through all the <laughs> all the horrendous crimes that rugby league players oh, have committed. Oh, it would all be like subject to privilege. <laughs> yeah, it would be, be, be the longest running podcast with the longest episodes. It really would be, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now, one of the biggest reasons you got that opportunity, Ella, is through the way you display your incredible love of your team, the Manly Seagulls. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tell us how you fell in love with them. So it's literally brainwashing since birth. So my parents actually met on the hill at Brookfell Oval. They're both Manly diehards um, and both went to away games together and kind of just like started to get to know each other and boom um my great uncle also played a few first grade games for the club so like on mum's side of the family um they always were going to games and all of that um so yeah literally was at Brookvale Oval from the time I was about six weeks old because I'm a summer baby so I had to get to the trials it was actually the Northern Eagles back then unfortunately but luckily that was uh <laughs> something I don't remember <laughs> um, yeah it's literally just like and mum and dad were always like, if you, you don't have to come if you don't want, but my brother and I both are just like absolute diehards. So as you can see from me dressing up as a storm killer at age 10, it's like pretty great brainwashing. Um, but yeah, I just, it's like three generations of Manly fans live in my house. And like we all go to the footy together. I'm trying to get to every single game this year, which is my goal, but we'll see how that happens. Cause I've got a bit of a busy schedule now, <laughs> unexpectedly. <laughs> um, so 
yeah I just love the club I, I think I was pretty lucky to grow up in such like a golden era of Manly as well which kind of just like progressed my love because it was just <laughs> finals after finals after grand finals and you know now I'm going to be older and that kind of ran out a little bit I'm begging for it to kind of re-blossom so I'm hoping this season well last season was a good start for that but yeah I hope we get back into one of those golden eras now that I can appreciate a little bit more yeah for sure and you're actually you know going to remember it and you're in a position now where you'll be able to pass that on to your kids eventually and um yeah it's it's exciting and I guess like the way they turned it around last year um would have been very dire this time last year <laughs> thinking you were oh, just going was, into a very sad era <laughs> it, like it, was a, it was a tough tough first month of footy but I was like, I'm still going to every game. I'm still going to stand in the hill of the, on the pouring rain. Yeah. And luckily yeah. it paid off. <laughs> you guys do it. Ella, was that around the time you standing on that hill during the first tough month? Was that when your phone had battery issues? So when yeah. I was at the I was at the Manly Penrith oh, game at as well. <laughs> here we go. And um you know, I was like, oh, come say hi to you. But, you know, you guys lost by 40 points or whatever and your phone died and we didn't get yeah. the meet. Yeah, just happened so well, didn't it? Thank God. Yeah, that was, that was coincidental. <laughs> um, it was yeah. so convenient. Yeah. So convenient. Now you have to come say hi to me on Thursday. Well, obviously with Nathan Cleary out, maybe I'm feeling a bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll. Your phone will not be dying. Your phone will be fully charged, Ella. Oh, it'll be. It'll be, it'll be <laughs> you'll really bring a charger. <laughs> yeah, she'll bring a portable charger. She'll pick one up from Kmart on the way. Well, speaking of Thursday night, that is actually the NRL opener for the men's season, and it is the Penrith Panthers versus the Manly Warringah Seagulls at Blue Bet Stadium. Uh, I know all three of us are very excited for it. Uh, Nat. What are you looking forward to from this game? I'm looking forward to firstly being back at Penrith because it's been such a long time um, since they were actually there. I think it was midway through last season before they went to Queensland and it's just exciting to, I guess, welcome them back as premiers. It's quite surreal um, for me personally as well. Um, my fiancé has never been to an actual full capacity Penrith game. So I'm looking forward to him experiencing that because it's the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to just seeing how they go, seeing my boy Dylan Edwards playing up against um, Tom Turbo. I guess some of you may know Tom, but obviously the big fullback in this game will be Dylan Edwards. <laughs> um, so I think that's what I'm most looking forward to. Well, yeah, it's interesting um, that Dylan Edwards will be the biggest fullback in this game because, you know, obviously Nathan Cleary is out for the Panthers, but since the Seagulls are versing a top four team, uh, Tom Turbo won't be there. Oh, my God. <laughs> are you happy you came on? <laughs> no, the worst thing is if we win, okay, and let me preface this with saying that we haven't won, we haven't won round one since 2013. And I can't even, I don't, like my dad said to me yesterday, have you ever seen us win at Panther Stadium? And I was like, I actually don't know if I have. Anyways, so let me preface that. But um, the problem is if with Cleary out, if we do win, everyone's going to be like calling it an illeg illegitimate win. I've already had Penrith fans messaging me that today. So <laughs> um, I think like we've discussed on this podcast already today, I think it's really important that that doesn't happen. Because there is so much criticism of Manly about how they're a one-man team and whatnot because of Tommy Turbo. 
So I think for us, this is our time to prove that we're not that. And if we lose by a lot because Nathan's out, we can't then blame Nathan when everyone's had, you know, um, ample opportunity to have a go at Manly for the same thing. So mm. I think it's really important we don't fall back on that because it'd be really hypocritical. So um, that's why it's like it's really important, I think, for both sides to really show up um, to kind of disprove that on both angles. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I'm really, really hoping we get rid of this flat track bully tag this season because I'm, I'm well, over it. I'll tell you that. Well, I'm not... <laughs> Like on that note, because I'm seeing a lot of Manly fans like obviously very optimistic for this season and they did have a good season last year. But like what I want to know from you as a Manly fan, what is it that you think has changed or has improved upon from that final last year against South Sydney to now that will kind of shake off that tag and allow you guys to really like show up against the top sides? Do you, do you think there's something that's changed or do you think they've learned from that? Like, where do you think they're going to go from that final last year? Yeah, well, I think, like, we had a very, very, like, inexperienced side going into those finals. Even Tom and Jake had hardly played any finals footy. And then you've got guys like Morgan Harper, even um, Homole Shusta, that was, like, their first full seasons last year. Jason Saab, Lachlan Croker, first full season at, um, at nine um, and all of that. So same as, like, people like Carl Lawton, the whole team pretty much um so I'm just hoping that like having because I think when you have that inexperience and kind of immaturity a lot of them just take I don't know I remember an um an interview with Taniela Paseca he was saying that like he just got so nervous before every single game and like he had to keep reminding himself he needs to treat it like every single other game yeah. and I think that just comes like with time um so yeah like like I said even with Tom him playing because he didn't he wasn't with that um he was injured in 2019 when we played finals. So I think like if he had any finals experience, was it even, I don't even know, maybe like 2015, if he was on the wing there, like I, I can't even remember. Yeah, that yeah. So, Did um, he play against us in 2017? 2017, maybe that's when it was. Yeah. I think oh, that could have been that only, actually that, yeah. that, would have been it. that would have been his only finals game. So he only played one prior. Um, and I think you could see that experience in experience in, in week one against the storm. Um, and we, we just mm. got pretty lucky that the Roosters were so injury injury um, ravaged that mm. in that week two game, we were able to cruise through pretty easily. But, yeah, coming up against a good south side, I, th- I think it kind of uh, rocked them into thinking, okay, even if we do have the Delian player, like we've all got to kind of step up and stuff. So, yeah, I'm hoping just like we still have a few young guns um, coming through, but for the majority, I think they'll be all better for having another final season especially a preliminary final because I feel like I don't know like only having week one or two finals experience I feel like preliminary finals are so so different so having that I think it's definitely like it's definitely a new kettle of fish and I think that yeah I I mean it's it's rare that a team can you know glide through when most of their players haven't played finals and you know coast all the way through to the grand final so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Manly go. Like, I personally have been vocal about that flat track bully thing. Um, and I'm interested <laughs> to see if they can turn that around. I am genuinely interested, you know, um, because yes. it was a disappointing way for them to end the season last year. And especially this year, we do see more of an even competition. Like, last year was that huge divide between the top six teams or really top five teams, depending what mood Paro in, um, and the rest of them. And if it is going to be a bit more even it's going to be harder for teams that just usually steamroll the, the crappier teams 
to kind of get to the heights they were at last year. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And I think to see if Tommy Turbo can back up the season he had last year because it was amazing. And is it going to be, you know, I don't think he's the player that that coaches can figure out. I don't think it's a matter of watching video on him and just knowing and shutting him down. Whilst that can happen, to, you know, there's an element of that. He also can create something out of nothing and you can't coach against that. So I'm interested to see how he goes as well this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just like he's footy smarts as well because he's like a genuinely such a smart guy off the field. Like he got like a 94 yeah. AR whilst being, you know, training with the first grade squad. Um, yeah. And I just think like you can tell like he just, he knows every single rule of the game. I, I remember there was one, you know how they put that rule that if you've got your foot out as the ball's been like, um, kicked into the um sideline if you're uh, touching yeah. it yeah. actually out and stuff and people yeah. think yeah you know, you're carrying it out but if your foot's planted things like that like you just don't see other like I hadn't seen other players really do that um and I think he did mm-hmm. it last season so just things mm-hmm. like that yeah I think he just knows how to capitalize on the new rules every year because he has like that brain whereas some people are just like natural athletes and I think there's like a big difference yeah. like if you can be both a natural athlete and have a proper footy smarts as well yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's really hard for um, coaches to coach against that. Yeah, it sets you apart. Uh, yeah, well, that's one of the things where that's probably the jump that Manly will be looking to make this year using that experience that you talked about with the lack of experience, where it was pretty easy to sum up and tip a Manly game last year once Turbo was back where it was, oh, are they versing a team higher than them on the ladder? Oh, okay, that's a loss. Mm. Are they versing a team lower? Or they're going to win by 40. And I think this will be a very interesting test of both teams in round one for Penrith to see how they can cope against a top team without Nathan Cleary and for Manly on how they're actually going to do against teams with the quality of Penrith this year. Mm -hmm, For sure. I wish it was full strength so badly mm. on both sides. Yeah. Um, because it kind of reminds me a little bit of that Melbourne and Penrith game that happened in round three last year. There were, you know, it was such an incredible game, but it was difficult to take out, you know, what we needed to because of the fact that both sides were um, had their injuries. So I wish yeah. it could have been um, full strength or at least full strength in key positions. But, you know, um, we can't do anything about it. I think this is the only time we play this year, each other. It is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's it's disappointing that it's not going to be a full-strength matchup. But um, can't change it. And I think it'll be a good game all the same. I'm hoping to see it not be nice and close. Um, there's always, I guess, you always tend to see those errors when you get back from the, from the break. There's just silly little schoolboy errors that come in. Um, so I hope we can minimise that on, on both sides. But mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see what happens. And I think there's also that little streak that Penrith have got going at Penrith, which is like we haven't been beaten there in, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it's a long time. So that makes me, you know, when like you just get so wrapped up in a silly streak like that and you get really <laughs> yeah. like invested in it, that's the way I yeah. feel. So I think I'm going to be really upset if <laughs> they lose for that reason. Didn't, didn't Manly have a similar streak to that in, like, their Fortress Brookie days? Yeah, it was around, gosh, I feel like it was around 2013, possibly, or yeah. even 2011. Um, yeah, we won every single game at home that season. Um, and then we've had some absolute shocking <laughs> years at Brookvale. Mm. So I'm, again, hoping that turns out. Obviously, like, with COVID, it was hard to 
to measure that yeah. but um yeah I think maybe it was like 2020 I think we had a better away record than we did at home so who knows it sucks for fans it sucks for the local oh, fans <laughs> you expect to like see yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, yeah it's not that, good yeah well that that game that we mentioned earlier that we were both at was actually Manly's biggest ever loss at Brookvale mm-hmm. and it just shows how good Manly actually have traditionally been there because it wasn't, it wasn't that like a ridiculous yeah. loss. No. Yeah. Like when you think Penrith's biggest ever loss is 70 to 7 against Manly and then our biggest ever win is 72 to 12 against Manly. And so when you think it was something like yeah. 46 to 6 or something yeah. like that, it's actually not that bad. It's not a great day, mm-hmm. but it's not too bad. Imagine losing by 70. That is so bad. That was Manly's <laughs> biggest ever happens. win. <laughs> that was their biggest ever win until they beat the Bulldogs 66 nil. And it should have been more. It should have been more. How is there enough time to score that many points? Literally, because we um the 66 nil game, we had three tries disallowed for like dumb errors. It could have been 80. It it could have been because there was that one where um like Ben Trebojevic when Tom passed it off to him to Mm -hmm. score, but he was standing kick off. Um we had yeah, I remember that. We had Lachlan Croker not ground the ball properly, even though he was literally over the line. Um Mm. And I can't remember. There was one more. So, yeah. I think hopefully. 66 nil is pretty good, though. I'd be pretty <laughs> happy going to sleep after that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I also hope this season there's a few more closer games Um, because, yeah, it's just, yeah, when you saw those bottom teams getting smashed every week, I think uh, if it happens again this year, we could, <laughs> could lose a few fans to rugby league, which you don't want. So. It's just boring, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, and, like, coming from a fan of a team that's won the vast majority of games for the past two years, whilst I never wish losses upon us, um, it kind of even gets boring from that point of view a little bit. Um, just because you go into a game, you lose that sense of worry a little bit mm-hmm. when it's such a big divide. And I think hopefully um, there's been a little amendment that six again rule, which I think is positive yeah. Um, yeah. to stop teams. We were absolute like specialists for doing that, mm-hmm. whereas you purposely give one away at the beginning of a tackle count um I think to stop doing stop them doing that is definitely a positive a step in the right direction um Mm -hmm. but it may not be enough to to really make a difference but it's definitely a step in the right direction so hopefully we'll see um things balance out a little bit this year but we still want to win all the time (laughs) 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 win but not not by 60 (laughs) yeah not every week (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's a very good point actually where i'm like I, I never want us to lose but some of that footy in the middle of the year did get boring i did i want to feel honest, like we might lose <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. This little moment of oh this is kind of this is scary <laughs> yeah i just want a bit of tension in the game yeah, yeah. for sure yeah, yeah. i want to hear from each of you what's your tip for the game who do you think is going to win and i think i know the answers i'll be honest uh we'll start with you ella okay i'm gonna say like I said, round one, we're really bad. Uh, haven't won at Penrith so long. But, of course, I'm not going to not tip Manly, am I? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say, I'll say I reckon it's going to be 18-14 to Manly. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I can be close. Um, what about I you, Nat? I think, honestly, I couldn't really tell you who I think is going to win, but I will say Penrith. Um I think it will be close as well, but I think it might be a bit of a point scoring upon, um, especially given the fact it might be a little bit wet. 
So I think defence might fly out the window a little bit. And I think we're looking at, I'm going to go a bit rogue. I'm going to go like 30-26 Penrose, mm-hmm. which is disgusting. And I hope it doesn't happen because that's a repulsive <laughs> defensive display from both seats. <laughs> I think, I, I, I mean, I think Penrith will win. Um, I'm not as overly confident about it as I was with some of the games last year, given the circumstances of Nathan being out, how we played in the wet against Parramatta, and the fact that we've never actually won a round one game after winning the Premiership. I like that start. I don't like it. It has happened three times, though, guys. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, probability wise, it's still a thing. Any any omen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ella, Ella's all in on the omens, so I knew that one would yeah, get her. Yeah, we love that. I think we might win like 12-10 in kind mm-hmm. of a style Ooh. like that game against the Tigers in 2019 where we played awful. Oh, that was Dylan the worst Edwards got, in my life. Yeah, Dylan Edwards got moved to the wing and we scored right at the end. I, I don't think we'll play awful but I just don't think the quality of the game is going to be very good in the players aren't exactly, you know, finely tuned to be playing rugby league at the moment. The weather's Mm. not going to be very good. And I think it will really be a battle of Penrith's forward pack against the kicking game of Daly Cherry Evans. Cause Mitch Mm. Moses kicked us to death in that trial because Mm. he knew it was hard to get up and down the field in that weather. And so we really need our middles like Fisher Harris and Leota to step up and provide that because while we said Sean O'Sullivan's good cover, he's not Nathan Cleary. He's not Daly Cherry Evans. And it will probably be, we will either win or lose based on how well Cherry Evans steers Manly around. Mm. And it'll probably, if, if Manly win, it'll probably be like, he puts in a kick and Tommy Turbo gets one of those freak bounces that he gets just from backing up. Or Saab. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> It'll be, what wing does Saab play? Just intercepts the, the whole right. game from Saab and Crichton. That's all it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah that's the thing. Like, <laughs> intercept. Intercept. <laughs> you look at our trial um, against the Raiders and like both, both tries we score were just because we had pace and like Tolly Cool has been included. Um, yeah. Is our utility on the bench because of Dylan Walker being out. Um, so if he gets on the field, like it's it's just those things that pure luck can totally decide a game. So mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. We won a grand final off it. <laughs> <laughs> just take it, take it. Yeah. Yeah, no, we we will we will be taking that one forever. We'll never let go of that one. <laughs> it's your way with the premiership. Well, thank you very much, Ella, for being the first guest on Big Cat Chat podcast. It's been lovely to have you. It's been great to hear about your work with the NRLW, your love of the Manly Sea Eagles, you know, your studies, what you're hoping to do in the future. And, you know, it's been nice to hear you not be too mean about Penrith and be kind of complimentary. So thank you very much for coming on. And we'll have to have you on in the future if we verse Manly in the finals. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I look forward to that grand final week podcast. We love Ooh, that energy. Love cool. that energy. <laughs> I like it. So, I do say that to every single opposition fan ever, but it's okay. I mean, <laughs> don't tell us that. Make us feel special. <laughs> okay, so now that that's all done, uh, thank you very much once again, Ella, for coming onto the show. 
Uh, we're just about at the end of our show today. Um, we'd like to thank you all for listening once again. We loved all of your feedback, uh, the good and the bad, uh, the bad mainly coming from Victoria regarding my comments about <laughs> Parramatta running out of steam. Um, <laughs> but we, we loved she everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. She hasn't stopped talking about it since. Uh, <laughs> but, but, no, we loved everything that everyone had to say about our show um it was very nice to see so many of the people that we like out there listening and yeah we can't wait to continue more of these yeah it was really fun having ella on and hopefully it's something we can continue to do throughout the season um and it's been really lovely to see everyone's support so please keep telling us what you like and what you don't like um it's all appreciated and we just want to make it as fun for you guys to listen to as possible yeah that's Basically, you know, what we're going to be trying to do as we find our feet is just making sure everyone's enjoying it and we're enjoying it. And so far, it seems to be working. So thank you. So far, so uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're not following us on any of our social media pages, you can find us on both Instagram and um, Twitter. I was going to say Snapchat. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Never. We are adults. <laughs> 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 you could well you can find us on instagram at big cat chat and then you can find us on twitter at big cat chat pod uh we'll be interacting with you guys on both of those uh we could i mean so we could probably do a little bit more with our instagram um i'll make an effort to do that uh, i'll post up a picture of me in a big t's tea just to keep all of your once i get it yeah yeah just to keep all of your lovely eyes happy okay yep so thank you everyone for listening uh we'll be back again next week barring any injuries uh and hopefully it'll be after a lovely penrith panthers win fingers crossed we'll have some happy things to discuss yes exactly all right have a lovely week everyone can't wait to hear from you thanks guys Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people. Some more editing for you there, Big T. Um, all right. <laughs>